0: 1 Peter chapter 3 continues off of uh, chapter 2. And that's where we're going to begin. But I I do want to say this. Um, I'm probably going to teach this lesson, especially chapter 3, a little different, maybe, than you've heard it taught. Uh, I've looked at several... Uh, commentaries over the last couple of weeks uh, in preparing uh, to teach, uh, to continue teaching chapter three, and uh, we'll get a little deeper into it in a little bit, but uh, it's more about salvation uh, than would appear on the surface. I think it goes a little deeper Uh, than that and uh, uh, we'll get to that in just a moment but if you have your bibles i'm going to ask you to turn to uh, chapter 2 first peter chapter 2 down about verse 21 but while you're holding that i'm going to come over to verse 1 in chapter 3 and read you just a couple of words uh, out of that the first sentence out of verse 1. It says, Likewise, ye wise, be subjected unto your own husbands. Now we're going to jump back uh, to uh, chapter 2, down about verse 21. I hope not to uh, hold you there too awful long. But I want to make a... Uh, uh, it's a little difficult for me to teach this lesson uh, this evening. Uh, the devil is just wearing me out. So remember me in your prayers uh, this evening as we go through the lesson. But as we come back to chapter 2, the, la- the last four or five verses there, uh, verse 21, it says, For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow His steps. Now hold on to that uh, line of thought of Jesus being the example uh, that we should uh, follow. Verse 2 there, it said, "...who did no sin, neither was guile found in His mouth, who when He was reviled, reviled not again. When He suffered, He threatened not. He <clears throat> committed Himself unto the judgment of righteous, righteously hold on to that line of thought. He committed himself. <clears throat> Excuse me. He committed himself to him that judgeth righteously, who for his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being uh, dead to sin, should live unto righteousness. By whose stripes we are healed. Verse twenty-five. For we <clears throat> were all. Or excuse me, for we were as sheep gone astray, but are now returned unto the Shepherd, the Bishop of our soul. Now I ask you to keep a couple of things in mind: that Jesus is uh, the example. Jesus submitted Himself uh, to the death on the cross. Uh, over in Hebrews it tells us He despised the shame, but for the righteousness that was set before Him, He endured the cross. Now. We come back uh, to chapter 3, and it says likewise. Now, uh, I've read a number of folks uh, in the last couple of weeks, uh, and everybody runs to a general consensus here that wives are supposed to be subject to their husbands. And I'm not going to dispute that. It's not what I'm after this evening. But if we come back to the latter part of verse, or chapter 2, and here as we begin chapter 3, it says likewise. Instead of becoming a second-class citizen or being put in a position of servitude uh, and so forth, it says likewise. Which brings us to Jesus Christ and the example that he set. And that uh, for me, this is, uh, go to Genesis, uh, I forgot what chapter it is, uh, chapter 3, I believe it is. That uh, when God brought Adam on the scene, brought Eve on the scene, uh, the two became what? One flesh, one person. So it's kind of hard for half of me to be uh, uh, under servitude to myself, would it not? That said, the subjection here that I I think that uh, Paul or Peter is getting at, or getting to, is a willingness for them to walk in a Christian life, to walk according to the Scripture, According uh, to the will of God, uh, and as we go on down, I'll have to read verse 1 completely to make sense out of what I'm trying to say this evening. It says, Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection unto your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wife." You're to be a witness to lost husbands. Now, uh, Pastor said this a number of times as we went through uh, the Book of Acts that we just finished up a couple of weeks ago. Uh, this is a transitional period uh, in, in in the church, uh, as Brother Carl uh, read to you out of uh, uh, out of Romans. Uh, the righteousness of God, uh, the fulfilling, Jesus fulfilling the law. Now, um, there'll be those that will tell you that uh, uh, Jesus did away with the law. Jesus did not do away with the law. He fulfilled it. He completed it. And as we're looking here, we have uh, Jews who were good Jewish people, that's something that uh, I get more and more intrigued with as I read and study uh, the Word of God. You know, most of the time we go through Sunday school classes, especially as as I become adult. Uh, We go through Wednesday night Bible studies and so forth. And somehow, especially when we're uh, studying uh, the four Gospels, uh, we think of the nation of Israel being so far removed from God that the whole is bad. All of the nation of Israel. And folks, all of the nation of Israel was not. Uh, they, they were those that, I, 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 as I see Scripture as you take it as a whole, uh, were those that were dedicated to God. They were going to the temple and offering the sacrifices. They were trying uh, to live. And you're going to say, "Well, i preacher, nobody can be uh, saved under the law. Well, yeah, the law doesn't save anybody. But that's what they had. That's what God was giving them at that time in that dispensation. Um, hopefully, uh pastor uh, said as he was finishing up uh, the book of Acts that he was going to get into the dispensations of time. And uh, we'll get into that a little deeper and uh, hopefully a whole lot more clearer uh, as we go into that. But we're in that transitional period of time where the gospel of Jesus Christ is being presented not only to the Gentiles under the under Apostle Paul, but also uh, through Peter, who is the Apostle uh, to the Jew. And, and what we're getting to here is that uh, there are, uh, and I'll, I'm going to back up, take a step back if you allow me. Uh, as you look at a lot of commentaries, they'll get on, uh, on the uh, idea that, uh, you should not be unequally yoked. You know, uh, that nice girl from down at the church should never uh, marry that no-account boy that uh, didn't come to church and and so forth. And we're not going there. I don't want uh, that's the last, uh, hopefully, that's the last we'll uh, make of that. What we're looking at, and I think what Paul or Peter is looking at, is lost individuals who are married to one another. And one or the other, if you will, has gotten saved, whether it be Jew or Gentile. And he's using the wife here uh, as the primary carrier, if you will, to bring us to that she, and then I'm going to keep bringing this kind of as we go along, uh, you and I, who have Friends, or what have you, relation, uh, and so forth, uh, that are lost, that we should be a day to day walk of our lives, that there's something about and reality in serving Jesus Christ. Um, Romans chapter 10, I'm kind of Hope I don't muddy the waters too much here. But he said, How can we hear if we don't have a preacher? Well, there's a a number of ways that you can preach a message. Every message that is preached is not necessarily preached from behind the pulpit. You and I, as we go up and down the road, as we uh, enter, enter, hmm, as we go about our daily walk, we have conversations with those folks around us in our communities and our families, and um, we're a witness. And as I can remember a number of uh, different lessons and so forth, we're we're a witness for the good or for the bad. Uh, Get angry at me if you want to, but uh, a number of our folks that just don't come to church anymore, they're... Not such a good witness anymore because they're telling people it's not necessary. It's not of no benefit to come and fellowship one with another. I don't know about any rest of you, but uh, I look forward uh, to time of being in church. I I look forward to seeing you guys going up and down the road as we uh, move around through the community. It's good to see your smiling faces out there on Monday and Tuesday as well as on Sunday and Wednesday. Back to the lesson. Look what He says, Subject yourself, and I'm going to throw this out here one more time. Subjecting or submitting yourself not so much to a domineering mate, but to Jesus Christ. Okay? And to your own husbands. I find that interesting. There's a couple of different places over in Timothy. Timothy. Uh, he talks about a wife sum- submitting uh, to the husband, and he uses your own husband. Now, y'all can go with however you want to. I'm gonna leave that word at as well. That if any obey not the word, which means that if you have a husband who is lost, a husband that is lost. <clears throat> they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wife of your behavior uh, I read a couple of uh, commentaries uh, that throwed in some of their ministry uh, uh, st- some stories uh, along this line and and most of them are uh, talking about uh, you know married life and how a wife should be this and that and and so, like I said, we're not going to uh, work there too much, uh, but one of them I remember uh, reading a couple of weeks ago from J. Vernon McGee that a wife was just so distraught, she left all sorts of hints, she was always... Preaching at her husband uh, and trying and begging and going on and on to get him to come to church and so forth. And it seemed like she was uh, losing ground rather than gaining ground. And uh, he said, I suggested that she just stop talking about it, live her Christian life before him. And uh, according to him, within about six months, this husband came to church and got saved. Why? Because of your conversation. And I'm not talking about what you say, but what you do. How do you go about your daily lives? Now, as we go into verse 10, 2, excuse me, we kind of get into some uh, of, uh, we kind of come back to chapter 2 again for a little bit uh, along the thought. Uh While they behold your chast conversation complete with fear, whose adorning, let it not be uh, that of outward adorning or the plaiting of hair or the wearing of gold or the putting on of a parable, verse 4, but let it be of the hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. Uh, This is what God is looking for. This is the example that Peter uh, has been led to write down. And folks... uh, (laughs) I know what the scripture says, and please understand who it's talking to and what it's talking about. But I think there's a great application to you and I today, to all of us within the church, as we try to win the lost to the uh, to Christ. Look what He says. Uh, uh, let's just start with verse two and uh, work our way down through verse four. There it says, "While they beheld your chase conversation." Compiled with fear. Why do you do what you do? Why is it that, uh, what is it down there at that church that is so important? Why do you need to read your Bible? Why, why do you pray? Uh, they see those things. You don't have to, um, my language, you don't have to hound people. Live as they would have, as God would. And look at verse three. Now, I've been associated with folks that just, as far as I'm concerned, they take this passage of scripture completely out of context. They, they, they twist it, uh, to be something that it is not. Um, the, whose adorning, let it be not with outward adorning. Put that first in this verse. Not what you see on the outside, but what's in the heart. It's called read to us a well while ago, for the, and the heart, were saved. Uh, I can remember uh, before I got saved, uh, my mother was a good Christian woman, as most of you all know. she came to church all the time that she was able, and she brought us with them uh, to church. <laughs> when I was lost, I knew there was a God. I knew there was Jesus Christ. I knew there was a Holy Spirit up here. That didn't do me a whole lot of good. Until I believed it and accepted it down here in my heart, then it made a difference. So, it's that outward adorning. Now, uh, continue on. (laughs) Adorning, excuse me. Uh, whose adorning, uh, let it not be that of outward adorning of the plaiting of the hair, the wearing of gold, and putting on of apparel. Now, you folks have saw them. You, you see them all over the, in our area all the time. And, uh, I've been acquainted with a few folks, you know, they wouldn't, uh, I had a friend of mine whose grandparents belonged to a different denomination, uh, and they wouldn't wear, a wristwatch unless it had a leather band onto it or a cloth band they, uh, just a metal band was a no-no the only jewelry they were allowed to wear is they did wear uh, a wedding band but uh, you know their hair had to be so-so and, uh, and you know for lack of a better word bear with me folks they had to wear the uniform uh, if you will uh, the plating of hair that he talks about um, the uh, excuse me, the the wearing of gold. What he's saying is, is it's not how you dress. You know, women. Uh, uh, I'm gonna get in trouble here, so ladies, please forgive me before I say anything else. But Peter is not asking you or compelling the wife or, the, or ladies of the church to do anything other than wear uh, however you want to wear your hair, however you want to, uh, a jewelry that you want to wear, uh, the type of clothing you want to wear. Uh, it is, what are you saying by that? And, and ladies, you know as well as I do, there are some folks that flaunt things around, and, and Peter's saying, no, that's not the way to to, to live your life. And modesty uh, and so forth we get a little bit uh, deeper uh, into that as we go on down uh, through the verses here uh, you know uh, there are those that don't believe in the lady should wear makeup I don't think this verse gets into that because if I can come back uh, to first part of verse 3 there it says who's adorning let it not be that outward adorning not what you see on the outside, and let us all work to be as presentable as possible. But look what he says, and he goes into verse four. But let it be the hidden man of the heart. What's in your heart? Uh, as my mother used to say, uh, <clears throat> beauty's only skin deep. What's on the inside? What What is your desire? Do you want a physical attraction or do you want to win your lost husband or your lost wife to the Lord? <clears throat> and that which is not corruptible. Uh, all those things, I, as I've gotten older, I don't look near as good as I used to. And folks, that's what he's talking about here. Just keep with me, if you will. The latter part of verse 4. Even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. Minding our own business. Taking care of the things that are ours or are yours. Not sticking your nose where it doesn't belong. Doesn't uh, Not getting all riled up all the time. Uh, a quiet spirit. Uh, it's said about most churches, and most churches that I'm aware of uh, have a number of people in, in them that, that, that do. Uh, you never know what they're doing, but you can see the result of what they're doing. Something needs fixed. Uh, something needs taken care of they don't say, hey, I'll go do that, they just go do it. And that's what he's talking about here. Taking care of your family or your husband uh, and uh, not having to uh, blast the trumpet and say, look what I'm doing or you need to straighten up and you need to do this or that. It's that adorning. Because look what it says in the last part of verse 4. The quiet spirit which is in the sight of God of great price. God greatly values, puts great store in that meek, quiet, humble spirit. Uh, When God gets around to coming back the second time, He'll blow the trumpet then. That'll be okay. That's His. But for you and I, let's just simply do what God leads us to do. Leave uh, lead where God would have you to be what you would do. Because if we walk on into, as we walk into verse 5 there, uh, for after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also who trusted God adorned themselves being in subjection uh. <clears throat> Unto their own husbands, you can go back in the Old Testament and read a number of them. We'll uh, look at one right here in verse six. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Now, once again, I, you know this is not uh, second-class citizenship or uh, uh, the idea that you know. Somebody's in charge of you. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21 down through about 27. Actually, uh, I have 25 written down here, but about 27, you'll find that Jesus is the head of the church, the husband is the head of the house, and stepping on down and down. And that's just simply an order, uh, a manner of order there. Because if you also read those passages I just gave you just now, and I'll turn to them and read them tonight. But he he says, for the husband to love his wife as Christ so loved the church and he gave himself for it. This is not an idea of uh, once again, it's not an idea of uh, someone being in charge of somebody else. That's not, uh, uh, as we go back uh, to Genesis and uh, uh, Adam and Eve, Eve was made as a help meant for Adam, somebody to be a help to them, not somebody for Adam uh, to boss around because he didn't have nobody to boss around there in the garden. That wasn't what the whole thing's about. Uh, so, yes, Sarah called Abraham Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long, <laughs> throws this in here, as long as ye do well and are not afraid, <clears throat> or <clears throat> are not afraid with any amazement. Uh, we need to be separated from the world. We need not to dress and behave. As the world dresses and behaves, uh, for what it's worth, uh, as I worked there at the, the university, it, it astonished me how uh, everybody, all those young folks going to class, they all wanted to look like drug dealers. They they wanted to dress and act like they were mobsters or something. Boys and girls, and everybody wanted to be alike. And uh, I had a little problem with that. Uh, in the fact that in my generation, we all want to be different. Nobody wants to be like anybody else. We want to be our own selves, but seemingly the generation that's there now, they all want to conform to being exactly like. They want to dress alike, talk alike. Uh, and folks, let us not be afraid to be the children of God that God has called you to be. Uh Count your blessings. You can't be like me. I wouldn't want you to be. I have enough trouble being me without any help. So you need to be you. What is it that God has asked you, or not has asked you to do, but what is He asking you to do? That's something I'm going to throw in this evening. Uh, I thought when God was calling me to preach, oh, okay, I'm going to be a preacher. And uh, you know what? He's still asking me to do things every day that. it's a day-to-day basis sometimes. Yeah, you uh, may fulfill an office. You may be the treasurer, the Sunday school teacher, the piano player, a deacon, the trustee, the pastor. But you still have a day-to-day doing to do, and and, and God wants us to be those individuals. Because, okay, we're going to get out of the out of the woods here just a little bit. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor to the wife, as unto a weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. I think that's probably a key to this chapter, really. Uh, Husbands, if you're going to live with them, live in peace and harmony according to the knowledge, giving honor to the wife and being heirs together. You and I are joint heirs with Christ. Uh, I don't know how I can make this any more strong uh, than it is. But when you think about who you are as a born-again believer, remember, you're part of the family of God. I've noticed in uh, some of the social media here lately, uh, the royal family over in England uh, is having some uh, difficulties because some of them don't want to conform to some of the old ideas and Uh, and new ideas coming in and so forth. And it's a hindrance. It's a hindrance to the, uh, the people of England. But coming back to this, let our lives, that grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. If you have your mind on the world and on the outside appearance of things, your prayer life has to be hindered. There's there's things in your mind and in your heart that ought not be there. Things that ought not be there. I, I can't say this loud enough long enough that we need to be very conscious of what we allow to get into our hearts and minds. Uh, the news media is not out here to... Uh, build up the church. It's out here to tear stuff down and make uh, credits on TV. Uh, all the things that we do uh, should be what for the edifying of the body of Christ. You're sitting here on the pew tonight edifying the body of Christ. Standing here uh, talking too long edifying of the body of Christ. Your smiles. Your Mondays and Tuesdays and Thursdays, Fridays and Saturdays. To the edifying. To the upbuilding of the body of Christ. That your prayers. Verse 8. Finally, be all of one mind having compassion one of another. Compassion. My mother used to say this every once in a while when uh, she'd be confronted uh, with uh, some of the gossip going around through the whatever community. And They all have it, but simply because it's true. You know, we hide behind that when we spread stuff. You know, well, it's the truth. Well, it may be true, but does it need repeated? Does it need said again? Because most of the time, most of us already knew what the truth was anyway. It didn't need to repeat it. The gospel needs to be repeated. Verse finally, have compassion. Lord's Prayer, forgive us our daily, or our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. I wrote it down and I and now I can't remember uh, what the verse were. I'm not good at telling you where it is. I can tell you the verse that says, but pray for them that despitefully use you. Pray for people that uh, instead of getting angry, because Jesus, as I read to you out of chapter 2, even though Jesus was being nailed to the cross, there was no guile found in His mouth. He didn't revile or rebuke uh, Pilate. He didn't look up at Pilate and say, don't you know who you're talking to? I created this world. I can just take you out right now. He made no such thought, much less said it. What did He say from the cross? Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Compassion. One another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous. Smile at one another. Be willing to uh, be there when uh, when you're needed. That's one thing I can say about Garrett Ben that I really like. Sometimes we'll go a long time we never see one another, never talk to one another. But well, you get in the bind, and here they come. You don't have to ask; they're just there. And that's what he's talking about here. Being courteous. Verse 9. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but counterwise. Counterwise. Not evil for evil or uh, railing for railing, but blessing. Lord bless that person. You'll stick this in your head and hopefully it stays for a day or two. And when you pray and you think of somebody, especially when you think of me, ask God to give me a blessing. I'll be glad to take them. Bless them. Blessing. Knowing that ye are thereunto called that you shall inherit a blessing. That's our call. I've thought about this many times over the years, many, many times over the years. Just exactly what's heaven going to be like. You know, we have those uh, cherubims that are up there flying around holy, 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 and so forth over and over and over again. That's going on and on, and apparently it's been going on forever and will go on forever. But one of the great things of heaven is not that we missed hell. Not that we're going to get to walk on streets of gold. Not that we're going to... But we're going to have the blessing of seeing Jesus, of being where He is tonight. I'm going to run through verse 10 and 11 and then we'll close off for tonight. It says, For he that will love life and see good days, let him reframe his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no God. you got to think about it. How many times has somebody said something to you that they shouldn't have said, and they'll go back, well, I didn't think. Well, let's think. Let those things not be found. Verse 11. Let him ensue, ensue evil and do good. Let him... Seek peace and ensue it.